before we start, I, I want us to kind of make note of certain things, right? One of the beautiful things about the Mass changing this earlier this year, the Mass changes that we introduced throughout the diocese as a whole, is that we introduce these ancient prayers of the Church at least, at least 1,800 years old. These ancient, ancient prayers of the Church that are derived directly from the Bible. And if we look at the Chaldean calendars, you know, that we all have on our, on, at home, on our fridge, that we get from the Church each year, we'll notice a certain theme to readings, right? We'll notice that during Subara, or the Advent season, is preparation for Christmas, and then during the Christmas season, there's a certain set of readings, and then during the summer, there's a certain set of readings according to the season. Pay attention to that season and what it is that it's trying to tell you. This, I think, the season that we're in right now, the season of Paddish Eta, is probably one of the most beautiful. It is the last season of the church before it begins the church's new year, which is Subara, or Advent our preparation for Christmas in a few weeks. This is a beautiful time in the church, and if we listen to the prayers again, we see how beautiful it is in, in Quddush Eta, in the sanctification of the church. Jesus finally has completed his work on earth, right? He's completed it, and he, set up, he sets up his church in which he's happy to dwell. So we read some of these prayers, and don't, again, don't let them go through one year and out the other, but really sit with them. Today, earlier, we heard, those who worship you, Lord, have sought their refuge and the safety of your church. Those who worship you, Lord, have sought their refuge in the safety of your church. We hear between the readings, we heard Jesus say that this is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. He desires to dwell within his holy church. I will abundantly bless her provisions. Meaning, I will abundantly give her what she needs, what the church needs, in order for our sanctification in order for us to get to heaven. This is where God chooses to dwell, in His holy church, right? That's why it's not enough. Sometimes we hear it, you know, I can't go to Mass today. I'll go to the grotto, I'll pray for a little bit, and that makes up for it. Or, that's it. No, no, that's not what it is. God dwells within His church. If He dwells within His church, He desires for you to come to church so that you can receive Him. There's only one place that you can receive Jesus, and that is at the church, at the altar. Nothing else makes up for it. No matter how many roses we do, do as many roses as you can. That's beautiful to offer prayers to our Blessed Mother. It's beautiful to offer prayers to our Blessed Lord each and every day, but nothing makes up for the Eucharist. Amen? Good. Today's Gospel, Jesus speaks to us about very fundamental things, right? He speaks to us about very fundamental things. He wants to remind us of just... One key fact, right? A couple key facts, and those key facts are this. That He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He ultimately is the Lord of the rest. And second, that religion is just another fancy word for a relationship. The Pharisees, right, are constantly trying to get Jesus. They're constantly trying to trick Jesus to show Him, Hey, look, this guy, he's, they're trying to show the people, look at this guy. He's not even following the laws of the Jews. He's not following the laws of our ancestors. He's leading you astray. In today's gospel, we see Jesus walking through the grain fields. He's walking through the grain fields, and his disciples are hungry, and so they pick something to eat. They pick off, you know, the, the, the tops of the grains, and they begin to eat them. They do this on the Sabbath, the day of rest. And for the Jews, for the Pharisees who pointed this out to Jesus, it's not that they were stealing these grains, no. It was very perfectly allowed that if you're traveling through, you're allowed to pluck these things, even though it belonged to someone else's, you know, someone else's field. You're allowed, you're allowed to eat on your way because it's just seen as a common courtesy kind of thing, right? So it's not that they were stealing or anything of that nature, no. What was wrong 
was that the Jews had this very complex system of laws. Very complex system of laws of certain things that you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. And it became so complex to the point where it was very, very burdensome on the people. Right? One of those things was you can't even do simple actions like pluck the grain, wipe off the shells, and eat it. Because this is considered work. It's considered working on the Sabbath. Right? Here they are. They're constantly trying to trick Jesus. They're constantly finding any reason to destroy him. You know, almost after a lot of these counters, what happens? The Pharisees try to meet behind closed doors to think about how it is they're going to catch Jesus. How it is they're going to destroy him. And the second one that we read today, there's a, he, go, he walks into the synagogue, right? He walks into the synagogue and a man appears to him with a withered hand. And Jesus knows what they're thinking. Right? He knows exactly what they think. And so they ask him, they said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Here's Jesus, this guy who's performing these great miracles, beautiful miracles, miracles that have just, you know, never been seen before, and all they're concerned about is what? Is it lawful for you to heal on the Sabbath? Jesus knows their hearts. They're trying to flip the law around him. They're trying to accuse him with the laws they've put in place. Right? These laws they've kind of made up. These laws that are not even found in the Bible, but they place around the Bible these complex systems of laws so that you don't break anything in the Bible. But upon this, they make their own rules. When they make their own rules, Jesus says to them, Is it not lawful for if a man's sheep falls into a pit, for that man on the Sabbath to go out and lift out that sheep, to lift him up? It is. They made provisions, right? They made exceptions that if a sheep you know, happens to fall on the Sabbath, that sheep is very costly. You can go down, you can grab it, even if it is on the Sabbath. So he says, if that's allowed, how much more of value is a man than a sheep? Jesus is twisting the law on them, right? Jesus is saying something very important to us today. Very important that we have to listen. How much love is in our hearts? How much love do we show Jesus? Religion is just another word, and I've said before, right? It's another word for relationship. Religare in Latin just means relationship. A lot of people, when they think of Christianity, when you go out there and they think of Christianity, they say, no, you know, it's just a bunch of laws and things like that. At the end of the day, just be a good person. Be a good person, and almost every religion is the same, right? Almost every religion is the same. You're a good person, you love one another. You know, you're done. You're not doing anything really that bad. What are you really doing that's bad? What are you really doing that's really hurting anyone else? What is religion? Religion is just a way to control people, right? We hear this all the time, constantly, 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 right? All the time. That is what the world thinks of religion. Just some sort of a system of laws. In a world like the U.S., in a world like the Western world, right? The more it is that we move towards elections, the more it is that we move towards this freedom, we think we're free from everything. So as soon as something tells us, don't do this, do that, well, I don't want to follow that. I don't want to follow this. Right? We don't want to do that. Who says this? Some guy who sits in Rome with a funny hat and he says some weird things? Why can't I do this and that? That's what makes me happy. But religion is, at the end of the day, is a relationship. And Jesus wants to make this clear that it's not about a system of laws, it's not about a system of rules, but it's about a relationship. And that relationship that we have with our Savior, that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, that relationship that we have each and every day with Jesus. Today's Gospel of Jesus quotes Hosea. He quotes one of the prophets of the Old Testament, where God is telling His people that I desire steadfast love. 
I desire your faithful love. I desire your dedicated love. I don't desire sacrifice. I don't want sacrifice. I want your love. St. Paul says this. When we were Christians back in the day, you know what? How do the people worship the gods? How did, people, how did the Jews worship God? They used to present costly sacrifices to God, and this is what they would do for them. However much that sacrifice cost would show, them, would show God how much it is that they met. But then Jesus changes this. Jesus instead says, Give me your heart. Give me your heart as a sacrifice. Show me that sacrifice that you show me. Show me that sacrifice in your heart. Show me that you're going to do good. Show me that you're going to follow me. Show me that you're going to turn your heart against all these wrong things in the world, against all these wrong decisions in the world, and follow me. Well, my brothers and sisters, it's hard to do in this world, right? It's a hard thing in this world to kind of put aside these, these evil thoughts, these evil desires, and to follow the good. It's very easy to lie, to cheat, to steal, to be jealous, to be gluttonous, to be, uh, to be gossipy. It's very easy to fall into lust. It's very easy to fall into these trappings of the world. What do we do as Christians? What do we do? Is it enough to just, you know, to, just to come to church one, one time of the week and just kind of go through the motions? To go through the motions, you know, do the sign of the cross, with the priest and sign of the cross, and do those things. Maybe occasionally speak to God, things like that. No. What Jesus desires is your heart complete. He wants more than you. He wants us that when we pray, we pray with complete love and faithfulness in our hearts. He wants us to give it over completely. He wants us to take these sins and to each and every day when we wake up, He knows what we're struggling through, to say, Lord, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. I'm struggling with these things in my life. Please, take them. Take them and crucify them on the cross with you. I don't want to deal with them anymore. The more we pray, the more we fall in love with God, the more we fall in deeper relationship with God, the more we fall in steadfast love or dedicated love to God, the more in which our hearts are changed. I guarantee you, brothers and sisters, if each and every day we, we dedicate a rosary, right? And we dedicate that rosary with a lot of love in our hearts, we dedicate that rosary to God, eventually, even though those temptations of life really get to us, eventually our hearts will change. There is no one, no one on the face of the earth who prays the rosary daily whose heart is not changed. A lot of times people say, you know, why, why am I not progressing the Christian life? Why am I not getting closer to Jesus? Why do I keep having these, these things in my life? Why do I keep having these, these, this anxiety, this depression in life? Why do, I keep, why do I keep struggling the same thing over and over again? I pray once in a while. I pray, you know, here and now. I, pray, I talk to God in the morning like that. But then you ask Him a key question. Do you have a steadfast love in God? Do you have a dedicated prayer life? Do you have a dedicated time in which you just sit down and say, Lord, I dedicate this time to you. I'm dedicating this time to you and I want nothing more than you, than you during this time. What are we changing in our lives? A lot of times we let sin take over and everything else kind of goes down, right? Jesus doesn't really have a place in our life because we're so distracted by the sin. We realize that we're sinning and yet we don't do anything to correct it. We say, you know, I, I, don't have, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to pray because I'm so busy and also I have these sins and I don't feel worthy enough to pray. These are exactly the moments when we should be giving our time to God. Because all God desires from us is a loving heart dedicated towards Him. And once we, once we fall deeper in love with Jesus, once we fall deeper in love with God, 
That's when our hearts change, right? Hearts are transformed. He sends us the Holy Spirit that transforms our hearts to think more like Jesus does. Don't let the devil in. Don't let the devil in. There's a lot of forces in the world that's going to poke fun of you because you are a Christian. The world never understands what a Christian is. It doesn't. The world not at all understands what Christians about. And for those people looking inside the church, why are you guys sitting? Why? Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense to the world. They're not going to understand it. Why do you guys follow this moral life? Isn't it very difficult to follow this moral life? It's very difficult. Even when you get to marriage, everything is very difficult. Why do you follow? Because Jesus says at the end, it's worth it. At the end, it's the only thing that will truly satisfy your heart. Our heart constantly goes around. It's looking for something deeper than itself and tries to fill it with all these things of the world, right? All these sins of the world. We try to fill our heart with it and we realize it's not enough and we keep wanting more and more and ultimately we're not happy. We're depressed. We keep trying to find more and more of these things and we say, you know, maybe I just need more of this in my life. Maybe I need more, more sin in my life. Maybe I need more money. Maybe more lust. Whatever it might be. And we focus on these other things of the world and then we realize it's still not enough. But then we find Jesus. And when we find Jesus, we realize, Lord, all I want in my life is a relationship with you. And the deeper I fall in love with you, Lord, the deeper I fall in love with you, the easier this becomes. The easier it becomes to follow you. The easier it becomes to turn our face away from the bad and look towards the good. My brothers and sisters, I bring this up all the time, but we have to pray. As Christians, we have to act like Christians. As Christians, everything we do has to model that which we follow, and that is Jesus Christ. If we're not imitating Jesus in our daily life, if we're not speaking to Him, there's no way in which we can figure out how to imitate Him, speak to Him. There's many resources out there. There's a lot of prayer resources, right? There's an endless amount as Catholics to, to kind of fall back on in terms of resources, in terms of Bibles, whatever it might be. Find something that works for you. Find at least 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day to just sit in silence with Jesus. That, again, is one of the most difficult things for us to do in today's world, where everything is so just, you know, one thing to another. There was a statistic that showed that, you know, for actually for the, for the vast amount of people, right? Everybody who has a cell phone nowadays, the cell phone is the most dramatic change in human history that's ever happened, period. Ever, there's never been a more social change, societal change, never been a more cultural change than the cell phone today. 20 or 30 years ago, the average attention span for a human was pretty good. It was about 12 seconds. After the introduction of the cell phone, today's world, our average attention span is 7 seconds. 7 seconds. Do you know what the attention span of a goldfish is? 9 seconds. The cell phone is one of the worst things that ever happened to us, right? It doesn't allow us to sit down and to just think about God, to sit in silence, force yourself to sit in silence without yourself. To put in another room and to pray together. To pray in silence with Him, because in silence is how we grow. One of those beautiful things in life is a child that grows within the womb. Right within the womb of a woman. And that child for nine months grows in silence. When you look at nature, when you look at the way the flowers open and creation is done, if we don't sit down and admire it, it goes by like a blink of an eye. But when we sit down and admire it, it grows in silence. 
In the same way, your spiritual life, Jesus requires silence in order for us to grow. My brothers and sisters, there's resources out there, right? Resources that we can use to sit down and meditate in silence. Use them. Don't let them go to waste. Use them. There's always, again, resources that the church offers, and I'm going to say this every week, right? We have, we have high school youth group programs. We have middle school youth group programs. We have Bible studies. Whatever it might be in multiple languages, whatever those things might be, take a look at, at the website of the church. Take a look at the Instagram, social media of the church to figure out, keep up to date with what's going on in the church. Go to we have our upcoming fam night for parents and teens, right? Parents and teens in which we're going to have two great speakers, Dr. Tim Hogan, who's the psychologist who speaks about how it is that we can make Christ the foundation of our life amidst a busy world. We have Jason Everett speaking on, on what it means to be chaste in today's world. What it means to be chaste. He's one of the world's, one of the world's renowned speakers on chastity. And we have coming here, this is a resource that we can use. So parents and parents of teens and teenagers, please come down, right? Check it out. We're selling tickets after Mass. Don't miss opportunities like this. This is how Jesus works in our life. Don't let him slip away. Don't let these years go by. We let these things pass. But each and every day, we say to God, Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and life. And I want nothing more than to follow you. Amen? Let us stand well.